Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club. That's getinthefight.club and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight. So let's go. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Nate Whitson with the Get in the Fight podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about a topic that is fairly outside of my wheelhouse, I would say. I'm not a, a very handy person. I'm not you know, super skilled when it comes to survival skills or weapons training or medical training or those types of things. But I've recently just been, I think, maybe alerted to the fact that this is an important thing for us to discuss and uh, consider. And so I want to present this idea to you today of preparing for worst case situations or scenarios and asking a question over and over again, you know, what is your plan? What's the plan when this worst case scenario or that one strikes? You know, and, and the reason that we're talking about this is because as, as men, it's our job to lead our families. And if and when bad things happen, you're the one that they're going to be looking to. They're going to be <laughs> turning around and saying, okay, what do we do now? And what I want to look at is the importance of being proactive versus reactive when it comes to planning. And, and it really comes down to just asking yourself that question. If you take nothing else away from this today, simply ask yourself, what's our plan if fill-in-the-blank happens, right? If you can just do that, if that's all you took away from this today, and you are starting to be a little bit proactive in your thinking and in discussions with your family about that, then you will be you know, miles ahead of most. But I'm going to end up giving you five things to consider, five what I think are top things to consider when it comes to preparing for those worst case scenarios. And we'll kind of just quickly walk through some of those things. And I, and I hope it's very proactive, um, helpful, and useful for you today in this conversation. Part of the reason it's fresh in my mind is a couple different things. We had recently had a SWAT team from a local county sheriff's department do a training for us in our ministry here called Get in the Fight. And in that presentation, the three officers worked their way through many different scenarios, you know, the things that they have experienced and seen. And they asked that question, you know, for example, when the glass breaks in the middle of the night, what's the plan? You know, when there's a trouble in in the world and stores are being looted and there's craziness happening in society, what's your plan? And as they were talking through that, again, that just really hit me. And I thought, you know, this is a conversation that I need to take more seriously. You know, I tend to think those things will brush themselves aside. We live in this country that's very safe. As crazy as it is, you know, how much do I want to concern myself with some of these conversations? How likely are they to happen? I tend to see things from a positive angle. And, and so for me, 
I tend to be, I think, too lax when it comes to planning. So if you can relate with that, then again, I hope that this is super, super helpful for you. So that, that training really kind of triggered this idea for me of, you know, am I ready? Am I able to lead my family when the unexpected happens? And shouldn't I maybe expect the unexpected? Our world is kind of nuts right now, right? And certain things happen regardless of that, how crazy our world is. There's just certain disasters and chaos and things like that that are just part of this broken, sinful world. And I just think it's better to be proactive than reactive when and if those things come up. Another thing that really, I think, propelled me and pushed me into this conversation was listening to a podcast. I think it's called About Violence by Tim Kennedy. I know it was with Tim. I, I just He has several podcasts, and I think it was his About Violence podcast. And he and a few of his friends were talking about the election year craziness. And he had pointed out in his dialogue there that in the last two elections, he just said, look back, go back into history and look at things that had come up, the the civil unrest, the violence, the looting, the craziness that had happened in those two election years. And he said, guess what we have coming up in 2024? He said, we have another election and you can bet with all of the uh, vitriol and all of the, the hatred and all of the things that are plaguing our society still, our country today, that you should expect there to be some disruptions in the least. And I think he was right. It kind of just hit me as well as that SWAT team presentation that I'm not sure that I'm very prepared or ready for things that maybe are you know more likely than not to happen. And so I want to, again, just talk about some of those things and talk about being prepared, talk about being proactive, and give you some things to consider. So, you know, when I think about why this is important, I just it just dawns on me that bad things happen, right? Life happens, regardless of it, whether or not it's a huge life-altering event like September 11, and there is a terrorist attack, or if it's as simple as what we experienced a week ago here in Michigan, I'm recording this in the summer of 2023, and we had a, a major storm come through Michigan, and we were without power for three days. That little short time frame, that little small experience of disruption, as well as these other conversations that I'm telling you about, really kind of pushed me to this conversation with you today. When you lose power, when you go through disruption, when you can't flush your toilets, when you run out of water, when you aren't sure that you can figure out your food situation, it really just highlights to you the importance that, number one, bad things happen, that maybe we should be more expectant of that, but that when they happen, we need to ask the question, well, what is our plan now? And it's, it's so much better to have a plan in place before they happen than to try to be reactive and, and try to make it up on the fly. And I'll give you a good example of this. So when we bought the house that we're in today, we were uh, really thrilled that the guy we bought the house from left us a backup home generator. So there is a preset switch in our utility room where you can simply plug in your power cord to the top of this, this system, turn it on, plug it into your generator, flip the switch, and all of a sudden you can back up your whole house. Like, what a blessing, right? The problem was I never tested that system. So 
we lose power and I tell my wife, hey, we've got this generator. I'll go fire it up. We should be good. And I get out there and I can't get it started. So I bring over family and friends and, you know, long story short is like everybody's trying and nobody can get it figured out. It's like, I don't know what's going on. It should, from what we can tell, be running right now. So one of my friends ends up taking it to a family member who is, you know, skilled in these kinds of things. He breaks it down. He finds out a couple things. Number one, the battery is dead, doesn't work. Number two, the gasoline is bad. It's been sitting in there probably for four or five years. It smells terrible. And the carburetor was so gunked up and, and stuck that no gasoline could have pushed through anyways, and it wouldn't fire. So with a little bit of just cleaning the carburetor out, replacing the battery, replacing the gas, next thing you know, it fired right up. But it really hit me again with this conversation that I thought I was prepared. I thought we had an idea, but I hadn't tested that idea. And I came to find out that we actually were not prepared. And strange enough, kind of like Murphy's, Murphy's Law here, by the end of the third day, we finally got the generator back from getting fixed up and, and straightened out, plugged in, and almost, I kid you not, to the minute, the electricity came back on. So by the time we finally got it fixed, after three days of just, you know, a little discomfort, all of a sudden the power came back on. But it just made me think, you know, like... We are vulnerable in our country to bigger things. We're, we're vulnerable to terrorist attacks, I think. We have an open border problem, and we have enemies that see that we're weak. We have natural disasters. Again, like we had tornadoes come through Michigan. Those things happen, right? Our power grid. We have a very vulnerable power grid that I just don't think it would take a whole lot from people who are intent on hurting us to cause major, major uh, disruption and catastrophe by simply destroying our power grids and, and trying to hurt us that way. War comes and goes, again, weather, those kinds of things. So when I look at that, again, I don't want to be a chicken little and I don't want to operate out of fear. What I want to do is be prepared. What I want to do as a man is, is not live my life concerned about the what if, but I also don't want to be naive to it. And I think I, I, again, this is just me personally, maybe you're different than this, but I tend to be on the naive side of it in the unprepared side. And I guess I, I'm just really feeling this push to get prepared. And, and the reason I do that is not out of fear, but what I think about is the safety and the well-being of my loved ones. That's really what this is about. And I hope that that would be your motivation as you consider this for yourself as well. So let's just quickly break down what I think are uh, the five top things that you should consider when it comes to being prepared and being proactive, okay? Now, again, this isn't an area of expertise. This is me trying to do some research and study on my own. I'll show you here, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, some books that I've been reading, and I'll give you some of those. And then in our Amazon store, if you go to getinthefight.club and you click on the Amazon store link, these books will be in there for you as well. But one of them is called Build the Perfect Bug Out Bag. This is what it looks like, again, if you're watching on YouTube. I bought one called The Prepper's Pocket Guide, 101 Easy Things You Can Do to Ready Your Home for Disaster. It looks like this. I also bought one called The Handbook to Practical Disaster Preparedness for the Family. It's a big, thick book like this talking about are you prepared and anything can happen. 
there's also a survival doctor's complete handbook. So if there is no medical help coming and you needed a book to help you to figure out, you know, all kinds of things from, you know, a medical standpoint, there's a book that we bought for that to at least have a, you know, practical guide that we didn't have to depend on the internet for because we could grab a book and at least see if we could find some help. And then this last one I'll show you here is the survival handbook, essential skills for outdoor adventure. Okay. And again, I'll, I'll put links to those books there and you can go to our Amazon store and check those out. My point to you, again, in, in thinking of this is that there is help out there. And so what I've tried to do is gather some, some research over the last several months and these are things that are just kind of fresh on my mind. But, you know, as you're listening to this, I, I hope that maybe you'll join the conversation. If you have books, resources, websites, people that you listen to, things that you think are helpful, please share it with us. This is, again, by no means exhaustive or my highest skill set, but I think it's important. And I want to learn these things and I want to share this to help you think about what your plan of action would be as well. Okay, so the top five things. Number one, emergency supplies and survival gear. So here's what we're thinking. First things first, food, water, first aid, and then maybe some tools or some skills that you're going to need, right? So when, when everything hits the fan, what will you do to feed your family? Water, we found out, was really important. In fact, one of the things that I've learned in my studies of this is that each person in your family would require close to at least two gallons of water per day. So think about just the water issue. You can go for a while without food, but water is just so essential. If you're staying in your home, but there's no electricity, and you didn't fill your bathtubs up or anything else up with water, what would you do? What is your plan for water to just flush the toilets? What is your plan for water to be able to drink? What is your plan for water to cook in? Or what is your plan for water, you know, just to even take a little bird bath or to clean your face and all of that? It, it takes a ton of water. And again, being without it for three days really sparked uh, this concern for me to think, gosh, what would we do? I have a family of six. And so if you're talking a minimum, absolute minimum of two gallons per day times six times how many days, how many days of water, you know, could we do? So, for example, one of the things that we are looking into is I started looking up a hand pump well, and how can I add that to my existing well system? And so I've started to do some research in that. And one of the things I found out is that it's an investment, that it's kind of expensive to do it. And in fact, one of the things I found out is that here in our state, it's one of the most stringent health department regulated systems in all of the country. And so we've got to figure out ways to uh, navigate that. But thinking about water, again, going just in this small three-day window really struck me how crucial water is for all of these things. Food is the other thing. So, you know, a year or two ago, my wife and I bought a, a, a freeze dryer. And my wife has been very diligent at trying to buy some extra supplies when she can, make some food up and freeze dry it so that it can last without using a freezer. It actually can just be shelf stable for 25, 30 years. It's really incredible. But again, just like with a hand pump, well, it's pretty expensive, but it's a plan. And it's something that we've put our uh, money where our mouth is, so to speak, 
because we want to make sure that we're prepared. There's different kinds of, you know, food options out there, MREs, things like that, you know, canned goods. There are things that are shelf stable for years that you can look into. But I come back to the same question when I think about emergency supplies and survival gear and say, what's your plan? That's really what this comes down to. If you went for a week without uh, water or let's say that there is civil unrest and a trouble and you know the stores are being looted what would you do you know think about even during the covid nonsense that happened here and toilet paper was you know being hoarded and you couldn't get it what would you do i've got a house full of girls that need feminine hygiene products what are we going to do if things like that happen for an extended period of time you know, there's just all kinds of things that you want to start thinking about. And again, not out of fear. I'm going to probably say that a bunch of times. But preparedness without fear is so important. It's simply about me as a husband and father thinking about others. Because again, if it's just me, not that I'm some tough, macho, survival you know, kind of guy, because I'm not. But if it was just me, I, you know, I would respond to this probably differently. I would probably you know, shoot from the hip a little bit more. But I have a uh, house full of girls. I have a house with teenagers, and I've got different things that I need to consider, and I want to take care of them. I want to be prepared for their sake. And so I'm asking myself these questions. What would I do? Well, an emergency kit for first aid is important. My wife wears glasses and has contacts, and so thinking about things like that to make sure that she can see well. Again, water, tools, skills communication things. We've even started to look at ideas like, you know, basic survival stuff. If, you know, you don't have emergency services come, could I, you know, take care of uh, a CPR type situation or a burn or a broken arm or leg? And, you know, do I know how to put on a tourniquet? Do I know how to shoot a gun? You know, one of the things that we're looking into in this case, uh, thinking of these things is having my wife and I start off by learning to shoot guns. And so we've been going to a former state trooper's house who has a gun range and practices that or teaches that, I should say, and just learning how to shoot and buying extra ammo when we can. My wife has been learning to garden over the last few years, and she's been into canning and things like that. We recently bought chickens just so that we could have at least some eggs for situations like this. So anyways... Whatever your situation and story is, is probably different than mine. But we started asking the question, what's our plan and how likely are things like that to happen? Well, if Tim Kennedy is right, and we've seen this before in the last two elections, and we look at how crazy things are right now in our presidential elections and all of the, just the division in our country, with an election year coming in 2024, we're, we're just looking ahead and trying to be wise, okay? And so those are some things there that I hope help you to think through and ask the question yourself. You know, what's the plan for food, for water, first aid, medical care, and skills or tools that you might need? Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. And if you are, please do us a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds to do this, but it makes a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Thanks so much for listening and helping us out. 
Now back to the show. The second thing that we will look at today is communication and information. So one of the things that stood out to me when we lost power for three days was the fact that when there's no internet and we're so dependent on internet and phones, when those two things go down, what would you do? I mean, think about a scenario where there is no power, there is no internet, and the phones are being rushed or maybe the phone lines are just down or they're, you know, whatever that is and communication doesn't exist. What would you do? Well, there are options out there. And again, when you start to get into some of these things, you might start thinking, oh my gosh, this guy is like a prepper or a crazy man or some of that. Or maybe you're like me and your eyes are a little bit more open to the idea that maybe it's not so crazy, you know, that you have to have things like two-way radios, satellite phones, or maybe even just an emergency contact plan of action. You know, this is a situation where maybe when communication and information goes down, you and your families, extended families, have a plan of action. Okay, if we run into a situation where we're more than three days without internet, phones, power, this is what we're going to do, right? We're going to meet up at mom and dad's place or, you know, my place or whatever the situation is, and we'll figure out next steps. That is just, that is to me, just wise planning. That is just wisdom and being prepared without fear so that you can encourage each other, take care of each other, and communicate with people that you need to communicate with, right? So staying informed, finding radio channels and systems that work when power is out, you know, CB radios, two-way radios, satellite phones, someplace where you could get uh, weather or news updates is going to be critical. And so again, I'm I'm really um, learning a lot in this particular area. The one thing that we have done is we bought walkie-talkies that can extend for 30 or 40 miles, supposedly. And I say supposedly because we haven't tested it yet. So one of our plans of action when it comes to communication information is having a plan. Again, like we mentioned, you know, if, if and when this scenario happens, this is what our families will do. This is where we'll meet. That's kind of our first step. The second one is we've been researching and studying these different kind of communication systems. And then the third thing is that we actually bought uh, these walkie-talkies, and now what we need to do is test it. If you remember <laughs> when I told you about the generator, I did not test that system, and then all of a sudden when we found ourselves in that situation, we found out that we were not prepared. And so that is kind of where we're at with communication. And again, I would love to hear what you're doing. If there are ways of communicating in the midst of worst-case scenarios for communication, what are the things that you use? What are the things that you recommend or resources if you have ideas on any of these things, again, please uh, share that with us. Social media, our account's there. You can share the information there. You can email me at nate at getinthefight.club. You can communicate with us from getinthefight.club, our, our website as well. Would love to hear that from you. Okay, the third place, or the third topic, is evacuation and sheltering. So one of the things in the event that we did with the sheriff's department was thinking about what would you do, again, when the glass breaks in the middle of the night. So you're sleeping, all of a sudden you hear the glass shatter. What are the kids supposed to do? What are you going to do? If there is a fire, what are you going to do? What should the kids do? If there's a tornado, what is the plan? What Are you prepared for that, right? If there's 
uh, again, civil unrest and you can't leave your home, what is the plan for evacuation? What is the plan for sheltering in place? And so again, we look at things like food, weapons. We also think about things like heat. You know, if it's the middle of the winter, what would you do? You know, one of the things that we are lacking in this particular home uh, that we've had and now all the others and we're super sad about it is a fireplace. We used to always have a fireplace. And this this was just one of the things that they didn't have in this house that that we were just sad to not have. So now we're trying to think through, okay, if it's the if it's the you know start of winter, middle of winter, and it gets super cold, what are we gonna do about heat? What is our game plan there? Uh, safe drinking water, toiletries women's products, some of those same things. If you have to shelter in place for a long extended period of time, what would you do? Or if you have to evacuate your home, you know, where are you going to go? What are some of the safe routes that you can take? Do you know your way around? Do you know what you would do? Or again, if you have issues like fires and tornadoes breaking in, civil unrest, we're just talking about all those things. Now, as I say that, it kind of makes me think, you know, when you're talking about having a plan, what you want to do is instill confidence in your family. What you don't want to do is cause, uh, you know, an overreaction or fear to take place here. Now your kids just live in constant worry. I, again, I'm not, I'm not uh, perfect in this. I certainly don't have all the answers, but I do know that how you say this, how you talk about this will be important. So think through that. Talk about it if you're married with your wife. And, and just come up with a plan. How are we going to not only address these things, but make sure you have a plan for those things that you feel confident about as a team, and then figure out how do you best address that with the kids to make sure that everybody's on the same page, but also so that they're not you know, overly concerned. They just see this as wise living and wise counsel. All right. Topic number four is financial preparedness. One of the key things that I read about in these books and see from people who talk about preparedness is just thinking about your financial situation, being in a position as best you can where you can get by because you have an emergency fund in place is really huge. So an emergency fund typically is three to six months of um, expenses, not necessarily your whole budget, but just those must have things to make your house payment keep the lights on, buy groceries, right? Those kinds of things. But having enough that you could get by for three to six months without, without any income coming in, that could be huge. Even though we're moving into a cashless society, which I don't like, that being the case at this stage of the game, having uh, money on hand that you could quickly access and take with you in the event of an emergency and at least have there, you know, to buy supplies from other people, maybe to barter with, whatever that might be. You're going to want to have a plan for an emergency fund, but also just having money on you. And then also just thinking through the idea of like, how do we make sure that we're as financially sound as we can be? That's again, meaning like possibly downsizing certain things. It's paying for cash and not having outstanding debts, you know, over your head, it's paying your home off, you know, sooner, those kinds of things. So again, financial preparedness is something where you just want to be thinking ahead. If you get stuck because of one of these situations, you want to be in, in as strong a financial position as you can, and you're going to want to make sure that you have some cash on hand for that. So same question, different topic. What's the plan? You know, how are you doing when it comes to fi financial preparedness? 
are you ready if you had to bug out and, you know, ditch the area, you know, make a move, get out of the house or stay put? What would you do? What's your plan? Number five here, last one is community and network building. When it comes down to making it through a really tough situation, whether that's a tornado that comes through and devastates your community, a fire that wipes you out, or a terrorist attack or something crazier, the fact of the matter is that you're going to need a community. And again, we we talk about this in our Fight Club community a lot, but I don't know how people get through life without community. And we see people trying it all the time, and it's sad to watch that when death happens and catastrophes come, hard times come, it's really sad when you watch people who have never purposefully built into their lives a strong community. But when you're thinking about planning like this, one of the things that should be a part of your plan is having uh, a strength of community for you for the long stretch, for the long haul. And, and sometimes one of the things that I see people who are very proactive do is they talk with like-minded friends. They they talk about conversations like this and say, hey, what is your plan for each of these scenarios? And they just talk. And as you find people maybe in your community who are kind of like-minded with you, maybe you just start talking a little bit further. Like, what are some things that we maybe could do you know, in the event of a long stretch of trouble. Maybe that's sharing resources. Like, for example, I heard a great example of a community that uh, they have a pond out front of their house, uh, kind of like I do. And several families went in on paying for stocking it with fish so that whether it was any time of year, they could fish that and potentially provide for each of their families. And they went in on that together. I thought that was a really cool idea. We've got friends in our community who are farmers, and so you know they might be able to provide some very necessary food and meat, whereas you know maybe we could share you know some gardening or some eggs or water or different things like that. So just starting to think ahead, I guess, for you know who are your people, who is your community, who has different skills. Like again, I'm I'm not a very skilled guy with my hands. But I have a lot of friends who are, and you're going to want a combination of skills in your community who can do different things, build different things, help with different things. And so, again, just starting to think ahead, like what what do I need to do to be prepared and who am I doing life with that is maybe, you know, like minded and could help with some of these things that we could work together? I think that's going to be critical that you start thinking that way. How can you share in the hard times together. I think that's going to be an important thing. So again, as we kind of wrap up here, the the key thought for me today is simply not to give you this perfect scenario and, and like, here's how to do everything, but more about asking the question for yourself, what's the plan? Life is not always fair or smooth or pleasant. It's like we should maybe expect the unexpected more often. And I find myself today, just being more aware of that. Again, through those different scenarios, whether the podcast or my experience with losing power recently, just I know it's important. And I know that when I was at the the SWAT team meeting, I just thought, gosh, I don't know that my kids and I all have a smooth plan for the what-if scenarios, and we need to. And so again, that's my hope for you, that you will 
just embrace this idea for whatever your temperament is, whatever your um, ideas are for these things, but that you would, if nothing else, discuss this as a family and think through it together. You know, what is your plan? If it feels overwhelming, I guess I would tell you to just to kind of like take a deep breath, start small, start where you are, you know, maybe that's just buy a gallon of water (laughs) as you can, right? Maybe that's just it. Maybe it's buying some rice and beans whenever you have a little bit extra in the budget. Maybe it's starting to pay down debt. Maybe it's just starting to get online and listen to more conversations like this. Find people that really know this stuff well. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just in this learning mode, but I'm also just trying to share it with you to spur on conversations and to help men be the men that God meant for them to be. And part of that, again, is protecting and providing for your family. And so I want to I want to be better at that. I want to help empower you to do the same. So again, just remember, this is be being proactive. When you're in the moment and your generator doesn't fire up, it's because you're being reactive and you didn't think ahead. You didn't test it first. And so I want to help protect you from some of that. I want to protect myself from some of that. And so I just want you to, to think about this. Look, number one, you can do this. God has equipped you as the man to lead your family well. But you have what it takes. You just might need a little spurring on to get going. And that's what I hope happens here. All right. So get in the fight. Be proactive. Be empowered with information. Connect uh, with people around you. Um, but ask yourself that question. Like, what is our plan if this, this, or this happens? And if you don't have one, it's time to get one. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Be proactive, be prepared, and get in the fight. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.